0: Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. As you heard, the clinic is open every Saturday. We're on WISM Milwaukee and WIBA Madison, the Retirement Clinic hosted by Jeff Kowal. Jeff, how are you? Good morning.
1: I'm well. How are you, Paul? Good morning.
0: I'm good. It's a beautiful day right now. We're looking at a 60s, upper 60s, tomorrow 70 and and sunny, a picture perfect Sunday. So I'm looking forward to the weekend and we already are in the weekend. Uh, as I mentioned, every Saturday we are joined by Jeff in addition. Today Joe still joins us from the Coal Investment Group. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Paul. Great to be here. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, you've been on the show many times. And, uh, Jeff, we should mention you and your team do the market updates, both stations, Madison and WISN. Uh, and you do uh, business updates throughout the day, uh, in the afternoon mainly, with all of these stock market uh, results.
1: That's right. Monday through Friday, WISN, uh, 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 during the uh, uh, news blocks. There we go. I can't I can it off. During the news blocks at 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news blocks we do. And then on uh, WIBA in Madison at 4.55, just before uh, the news on Vicky McKenna's show, we we'll give you one minute on what's going on in the market. Uh, Aaron Kowal, Aaron Spitzner, uh, John, Christine, myself, uh, Joe Still, Marie, Ray, we all give uh, market reports, uh, all top advisors in our firm. Give you an idea of what's driving the market that particular day, whether it's um, uh, a government report, if it's a corporate earnings report, if it's an employment report, what's driving the market up and down that particular day. We wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P 500, and tech-heavy NASDAQ every day, Monday through Friday, 3 and 5 o'clock news blocks during the Mark Belling late afternoon show, and then 4.55 on Vicky McKenna's show on WIBA in Madison.
0: And today's show, Jeff, you know, every week we do certain segments. Uh, We'll get into the boss minute uh, for business owners, their savings, their security. Aaron Kowal with the latest on that. We do the sexy segment. That's about wealth management and preservation. Um, All of the above we will cover today. Also, Joe, I heard that you've got a special segment coming up after our first break. The do's and don'ts of a bear market. And I asked Joe off the air, Jeff, are we in a bear market? Joe, what's your answer?
2: Yeah, you know, we, we came down um, about 34% uh, from our highs. Um, and, and the market's still down. Um, you know, the S&P to date is down about 5.77%. Um, the NASDAQ is up, actually, about 5.7%. Um, but, uh, but, yes, technically we're still in a bear market. And, and technically we're in a recession, too. Um, two quarters of negative GDP growth. Um, you know, we're coming off that first quarter, we were down about 5% or 4.8%. And this second quarter, which we won't get the numbers until July, but, you know, they're expecting us to be down in the 20s, um, you know, which is going to be unprecedented. Uh, we haven't seen that. Um, I don't know if, you know, we, we might set a record there. But we know that's artificial. So, but, yeah, my article is just on the, the some of the things you should do and some of the things you should not do when you're in retirement or nearing retirement and we experience a bear market and that's something where everybody's going to experience probably multiple times within their life.
0: Yeah, you you're exactly right. Um this may have, you know, this this pandemic uh, came as a surprise. It, we were rolling in this big bull market. Uh Jeff, and along comes a bear market. So I'm I'm looking forward to that segment, the do's and don'ts. Sure. But Jeff, you know, it's not all bad news uh with regard to the market though, so, is it, Jeff?
1: No, it's not. And you wonder why the markets are going up uh, during a time when the economy is in a recession. And there's, what we get, Paul, is that there's a lot of great information that we have on the show. And a lot of times it's where do we go from here. So at the end of the show, we're going to give three offers at the end of the show just to get additional information uh, and, and ways to work with us. So three offers at the end of the show. So look forward to that as well. And it's not all uh, bad news, but there's there are a couple of things that come up on a regular basis. Uh, Paul, did you want to give out numbers before I get into this?
0: Yes, I would, Jeff, and, and because we've got both of you guys on the phone, the last couple of weeks, and uh, you know, until we get the uh, go-ahead from corporate, we get everybody back in the studios. We, are, of course, have been broadcasting using phone lines and other equipment. Uh, send us a, a text. Your retirement questions, any question, wide open. Uh, if you use the Acumen Mortgage Talking Text Line, that is four one four 414-799-1130. Our listeners know that number well. 7- 991130 Uh Shoot us a text. You can call Spencer and I can also translate the questions that way. That seems to work out the best. And Jeff, they can also contact your office. We'll give out all of the information uh, throughout the show. You're over, all over social media. Your website, thekowalway.com. K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com. The floor is yours, Jeff.
1: All right. Thanks a lot. There was a this has come up several times uh, over the last several weeks with my clients. Uh, we've been uh, doing virtual meetings. We've been doing now starting to do in-person meetings again with our clients, but we never backed off on on having 35 to 40 appointments a week with our clients or keeping up to date with them. But one thing that has come up repeatedly over the last couple of weeks has been uh, people who have life insurance policies that are expiring. And I ran across this article of CN, uh, uh, USA Today, keeping a term life policy at 70 depends on needs. Uh, Peter Dunn is the guy who writes this article, and I think he does a pretty good job most of the time. Uh, This one says, Dear Pete, I've always been good with money, and my wife of 50 years and I have zero debt. Taxes on our home are about $8,000, $700,000 in savings, home worth $450,000. He's 10 years into a 20-year term policy of $300,000, costs him $3,600 a year. He's got pensions, Social Security. He says, would it be a poor choice to drop our life insurance policy? And this is what we're getting. We have clients that are a year or two or three from their policies expiring, and they say, what should we do? I, I think this the, his first comment, I think, is great, because it says, the day after the factory warranty on my car expired, I opened my car door open to see the rearview mirror had fallen off hit the gear shifter, and shattered all the driver's seat <laughs> a day after his factory warranty. Oh. How does that happen? How does the protected time pass, and then as soon as it happens? And he says, Kenny, I'm not suggesting the second that you drop your life insurance policy, you'll die. Right. But that's the fear.
0: <laughs> it is a fear.
1: That's a thought. Yeah, you, you put, 30, in put $36,000 into it for a $300,000 policy. If he keeps it, he'll put another $300,000 into it, or, I'm, I'm sorry, another thirty-six thousand dollars into it. So does he keep the policy? You keep pumping money into it. The question is, does your wife need the three hundred thousand dollars when you die? One of the key things here is that he has a pension. So if pension payments die when you die, then the, well, Mrs. Kenny, he says, will likely need to to have the life insurance as as he puts it, a parting gift. <laughs> But if your life insurance is some sort of permanent policy, and this is what we like, uh, we like permanent insurance. We like term insurance as well. We figure you take care of the need first. But if you have some sort of permanent policy, universal life, whole life insurance, something like that, that'll give you extended coverage. This is an important thing too. Uh, And This guy's 70, and he won't have to take required minimum distributions until age 72. But if he's worried about... The premiums, in this case, he says $600,000 of your $700,000 is your IRA. You're going to have to take out $22,000 a year in required minimum distributions at 72. Well, at $22,000 a year of additional income coming in, you'll have enough money to pay the premiums. So paying the premiums isn't an issue. It looks like it would fit in nicely. This is what we talk about when we take a look at somebody's insurance that's expiring. First of all, you have to take a look at your review. Uh, review the life insurance as part of a comprehensive plan. We take a look at your life insurance. If you have whole life insurance, if you have term insurance, if you have a combination, we take a look and review that. Second thing we see, uh, if you can, if it makes some sense to use the same premium paying for that, there was an old insurance guy called Ben Feldman that will call, talk about double duty dollars, double duty dollars. He always used that term. He was talking about it from a tax standpoint. But in life insurance, you can use double-duty dollars that has life insurance with a long-term care element to it. Some of the new hybrid policies have um, a, life in, uh, a long-term care benefit. So if you say, I know I need to have that need, I know I might or might not have a need for life insurance, why don't I combine the two so that if I have a need for long-term care, it will pay a long-term care benefit to me for nursing home, home health care, assisted living, but if I never use it during my lifetime, somebody will benefit that three hundred thousand dollars when I die. Sometimes that's the best way to go. So it's all—it's not always a yes or no answer when you get to the end of your term insurance policy and say, "Do I drop it or not?" It's—it's it's more like, "How does that fit in with all of your planning?" And that's why, as retirement planning specialists, we address all those areas, including whether you should keep a term life insurance policy or not.
0: That's a great topic, Jeff. My wife and I, are, you know, I'm 54 this week I, on Wednesday. I turn 54. My wife's going to hate me for this, but I'll say Happy it birthday.
3: anyway.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Um, but my wife turns 50 this fall. Okay, 54 and 50. We do have life insurance. And the question is, uh, it's getting, the older you get, the higher the premiums go up. I think that's normal. Even if you're healthy, right, Jeff? Yep. Yep. So it's like, do we need it? Do we really need it? And every answer I get is yes. You you, you do, you know. Um, now is
1: the time for you to reassess it while you're still relatively young, while you still have a clear idea whether you're still, whether you might have a mortgage after you retire. You know, you're you're, you're screaming towards retirement, Paul. Yeah, you're gonna have to make some. Of, <laughs> I am. Uh, you have years to go, but nonetheless. And now is a good time to take a look at it. You're young, you're still healthy, premiums are still relatively low. You can maybe combine it with and take care of two birds with one stone by taking care of long-term care and life insurance at the same time. Great time. I'm mean, What you said there, Paul, is, is an ideal age to reassess your life insurance needs and, and see if you can do something about it now. Before it's an emergency, when you're two or three years away from it expiring.
0: Well, a red flag went up when we were alerted that our premiums just skyrocketed, and we found out our ten-year term expired, Jeff, and it expired, and yeah. so we, you know, we were paying next to nothing, and now, whoa, what just yep. happened? Yep. So we are doing that right now. We are uh, shopping around for, and of course, you yep. got to have the nurse come out and they got to do the physicals and all that stuff. But uh, life insurance is it's key. It's huge.
1: And you know what, Paul? There's there's some companies where you don't you can get by without a physical these days.
0: Oh, is that and, right? Uh,
1: yes, because they get with uh, uh, with some access to your medical records, they may be able to do it. Um, without having a physical uh, Marty Dooley he was just on the show a couple of weeks ago was talking to me about that because we're looking at redoing ours as well oh, well, and it's just uh, maybe able to do without a physical
0: well then uh, off the air Jeff you and I need to talk you, you gotta okay. I remember he was a good guest um We're going to sneak in a quick break here on WISN and WIBA. uh, But after the break, we're going to come back. Aaron's uh, segment, The Boss Minute for Business Owner Savings and Security. Aaron Kowal joins us. Uh, And then Joe Still, who is with us on today's program, is going to talk about the do's and the don'ts in a bear market. Yes, we're in a bear market. Technically, we're in a recession. What do you do in a bear market? What do you do? What don't you do? It's all coming up. On The Retirement Clinic, Jeff Kowal joins us with Joe Still. On News Talk 1130, WISM Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. We'll be right back with more of the retirement clinic.
3: Welcome back to The Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with The Boss Minute, business owner savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. As of Wednesday, May 27th, small business owners who received the first round of loans through the Paycheck Protection Program are now eligible for loan forgiveness. These loans can qualify for loan forgiveness if at least 75% of the money goes toward maintaining payroll for eight weeks. Payroll costs include health insurance, salaries, leave, and severance pay. The remaining 25% of the loan can be spent on operating costs such as rent and utilities. However, the money cannot be used on mortgage principal or prepayments. Any funds that are spent on non-qualifying expenses must be repaid at an annual rate of 1% within two years. Many business owners have expressed their uncertainty around the loan forgiveness and the complexity of the process. To have their loan forgiven, small business owners must complete an 11-page application and submit it to the bank or lender that approved their initial loan request. The application for loan forgiveness focuses on criteria centered around what type of expenses are forgivable and includes a step-by-step calculator for determining eligibility. It is very important for small business owners to track the money that they have spent and document to back their claims. Small business owners must also show that the average monthly payroll has not decreased more than 25% from the average monthly payroll in 2019. However, there may be an ease of restrictions coming. On Thursday, May 28th, the House passed a bill designed to give small business owners more flexibility. This would include decreasing the required payroll spend from 75% to 60% and extending the time frame to use funds from 8 weeks to 6 months. Even with an ease of restrictions, it is very important for borrowers to thoroughly document how funds are spent. This will help business owners immensely when applying for loan forgiveness. It is also important to note that any loan amount over $2 million will automatically be audited by the government. Again, the more thorough a borrower documents spending of funds, the better. If your small business needs help navigating the regulations surrounding the Paycheck Protection Program or loan forgiveness, give our office a call at 262 522-4040
0: 522-4040 today or visit the com. that is a website thank you aaron Kowal, for today's a uh, boss minute business owner savings and security the website the Kowalway.com, has so much information you can contact them they're on social media facebook instagram twitter and all of the above. By the way, we are joined by Joe Still on today's program along with your host of course, Jeff Kowal, president of the Kowal Investment Group. At the end of the show, three offers. Jeff, you told me this, I don't even know what you're talking about. So I don't know what the offers are at all.
1: Well, it, again, it's it, it, we have great information today. It's where do you go from here? So we've got some offers with that. But I want for this segment though, Joe has some inter- interesting information especially on investing in this type of market, um, it's timely, it's important, and Joe, take it away. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I read this article, and it comes from
2: Kiplinger's Magazine, which I'm sure everyone listening uh, reads every single month, uh, and it's from an a author by the name of Ryan Ermy. and when I read it, um, you know, I immediately thought every single piece of advice that he gives in, in this article is – um, conversations we've had throughout this whole, um, uh, you know, issue and, and pandemic, if you want to call it that, um, you know, with our clients. And so that's why it jumped out at me right away. And the, the article is titled Bear Market Do's and Don'ts. And I guess I'll qualify this by technically saying we we are technically not in a bear market anymore because of uh, how much the market has come back in April and May, Um, but we were in a bear market for a while. And um, I'll give you five do's and don'ts. I think there are two don'ts and three do's. And so we'll start with a don't. And this one, um, we had a lot of questions from our clients about, and the don't is don't cash it all in. And, you know, I'm going to steal this from Jeff. Uh, You know, we don't want to sell our client's life savings at a discount. And we got that question a lot uh, during this pandemic. Should we sell to protect our assets? Kind of the, the, the human reaction is emotion when you see your life savings going down. And um, investors make the mistake of looking at their portfolio as one big pot of money instead of a mix of investments with different goals and time horizons. And I thought that was a major point um, in this don't. And, you know, people look at one big pot of money. Well, that's not how we look at it as, you know, advisors and retirement specialists. Every bucket of money has a goal. And, And the example would be, you should have some cash to cover expenses when you're in retirement. You know, maybe it's different for everyone, maybe a year of expenses, maybe two to three years of expenses, just depending on the individual and um, their tolerance for risk. Um, so you should have some cash set aside to cover uh, your expenses for, for a period of time because we know the market's going to go up and down. The other example would be um, you know, having some, some bonds to cover those short and intermediate-term income needs. And so you would look at that you know, separate bucket of money. And then another example would be you'd have your you have your money in stocks, and that that money is set there to outpace inflation to provide long-term growth for longer-term income needs. You know, if you retire in your in your 60s, we're going to assume that you're going to live a long time, and you might be retired longer than you actually worked. Um, so, you know, it's 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 a a major mistake when people think um, that they should just cash everything in and, and sell their life savings at a discount. Um, the second one is a do, and that is assess your risk tolerance. And, again, this one has come up several times with clients. And this is a really good time to assess that. If you're losing sleep at night because you saw your portfolio drop, you know, 10 15 20%, then we might need to take a look at um, – are you taking a little too much risk, and do we need to make adjustments? And when we make adjustments is a, is a whole other question. And, um, you know, when the market's extremely volatile like it was in March, not a good time to make a major change in your, in your uh, asset allocation. Now might be a better time as the markets come back in, in pretty significantly in two months. So now might be a much better time to, to adjust that risk tolerance if we need to, but that's why we meet with our clients a couple of times a year at minimum to go over these items
1: and, and assess risk and, and assess asset allocation. And that's uh, a great point too, because it you, you talk about uh, there are things that make emotional sense and things that make economic sense. We can say to the blue in the face, no, this is the time they'd be moving into stocks. But if you can't sleep at night, that's a great point, Joe. That yeah, that makes I mean, that trump's it.
2: Yep. Yep. And I had that conversation with a couple of clients this week and it, and we, we really talked about how the, we were answering the question, how much cash should I have in the bank? And it's different for everyone. But if you're losing sleep, as Jeff said, you know, about having too much in stocks and not having enough in, in cash, then maybe we need to make adjustments. Yep. So the, the, the third one is one that we talked about a ton with clients uh, in March and in April. Um, and it's don't try to time the market. Um, and, and that's a big one. And we talked about that on previous shows. Um, and and I'll, I'll, I'll use some stats here to make some interesting points. So um, the, the, the key in not trying to time the market is that you have to be right twice. You have to be right when do I get out? Um, but, but more importantly, when do I get back in? And we achieved bear market status the fastest in history with this drawdown in the market in March. In a record 23 days, the the S&P 500 came down 34%. So in 23 days, so this wow. was so fast and furious. Um, and, and the low, you know, looking back, the low so far was on March 23rd, you know, the S&P was down 34%. But take a guess at what happened on the, on the way back up. And it always happens this way. And we looked back in history and you can see it we came back at another record, we bounced back up 29% in just 19 days. Um, and and here's, here's an interesting stat. So the problem is, if you try to time the market and you say, oh, yeah, I, I went out, you know, in, in late February, um, or I went out sometime in March, a lot of those people aren't back in the market yet. Um, or they missed. Two of the biggest days in history, and that was, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll share these. So on March 13th, the market went up nine. The S and P 500 went up 9.3 percent. So if you went out in early March, you missed that big gain of 9.3 percent. Then on March 24th, the day following the worst day, um, or the bottom, I should say, the market went up 9.4 percent. And here's the key if you missed those big up days, in one day it could be one day it could be two yeah. days if you missed those two updates, you are killing your long term return annualized return coming back um, and and in in most cases and I'm just going to generalize here, but they have this in the article um, if you say missed the best ten days over the last you know um Ten years in the S and P 500, you cut your return, your annualized return by fifty percent. Five zero fifty. Wow, fifty percent. Oh my gosh! From nine percent a year, if you just stayed invested, right, to four point one percent per year.
0: And people get out because Joe emotions, right? You're Correct. emotional, so Correct. you react.
2: Correct. Yeah, and that's the that's that's where we. Come in, and, and that's why I highly recommend working with an advisor. Calling our office if you're not—that's um, where we can help, give you the um, the education, and help you walk through this and make logical decisions with, you know, educated decisions, so you don't make these emotional mistakes.
0: Jeff, we've got about a, a, a minute before we got a break. And, Joe, we're going to get back to your do's and don'ts because I love this stuff. It's great advice. What are your thoughts quickly, Jeff?
1: Um, you, you try to, we try to take the emotion out of it. And that's the uh, advantage of working with retirement planning specialists, people that do this day in and day out. Because, uh, you know, when you're in the midst of it, it's hard to make a logical, rational decision, especially when the market's going down. So we try to take some of the emotion out of it be more cautious about it, and we have the benefit of uh, experience and a long-term view for our clients. So we, we try not to panic. Uh, you know, we get we're guilty of every once in a while too. Should we make a move now, now, now? Well, we we that's why we have a team of people. To kind of put the brakes on each other to make sure that we, we uh, uh, have a, a variance of opinions on it as well. So, But work with professionals. Work, work with people that do this all the time. And we manage a billion dollars of assets for our clients. So we, we have seen a lot of this already.
0: Uh, Jeff, if I want to reach out, and we're going to get back to Joe still, the do's and don'ts and in a bear market. Um, But again, it's not all bad news. There are some good signs. um, And I'm looking at your website, Jeff, thekowalway.com. You've got a lot of articles, blogs, uh, good information. It was a good week for the U.S. stock. Six tips to rebuild your retirement. I'm just looking at the top ones. America reopening state by state. What does that mean? A lot of good information, thekowalway.com. And we'll be right back. More coming up with Jeff Kowal and Joe Still from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement's The Retirement Clinic continues on News Talk 1130 WISN Milwaukee and WIBA Madison. We'll be right back. Well, somebody must be a Rolling Stones fan today on WISN and WIBA. Welcome back. The Retirement Clinic continues. Joe, still, I think that might be you.
2: Yeah, it just kind of felt like a Stones weekend. So I'm I'm actually going to be able to enjoy the afternoon a little and play some golf. And I think I'll probably play a little... uh, Little stones on the golf course, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, don't play too loud, though. You might get kicked off.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh, oh. the music is usually picked out uh, on a theme basis every week. I love I, the older I get, maybe it is. I, I'm enjoying the stones more and more as the years go by and appreciate them. We do have to finish up your list now, with the sexy segment coming up in just a minute or two. Wealth Management Preservation. Jeff Kowal is here. Joe Still, you've got this list of do's and don'ts in a bear market.
2: Yeah, just to summarize what we talked about already, we had a, a don't that was don't cash it all in and sell your life savings at a discount. We had a do that was um, assess your risk tolerance, and these are good times to do that. Um, the third one was don't try to time the market. And then the last two um, are, are two do's. And one is do buy low automatically. And um, you know, the, the old uh, advice, uh, buy low and sell high the average investor does the exact opposite because they let emotions drive their decisions and they tend to buy high and sell low. That's why the average investor um, has very poor returns over the long term. Um, and one way to help eliminate emotion from investing is a strategy that we use a lot with clients called dollar cost averaging. And it's it's the strategy that all of you listeners um, who are still contributing, Contributing to a retirement plan at work—that's really what that strategy is. You're putting um, the same amount of money on a regular basis into the market. So when the market comes down, you're putting the same amount of money, but now you're buying more shares because that market has come down. So you're dollar-cost averaging, and um, and we do this with clients too in in times of volatile markets like like this, we might dollar cost average their money in. If they have a pile of money that they are rolling over from a 401k into an IRA or or just some money that they have sitting on the sidelines that they want to put in, um, we would most likely dollar cost average that money in just in case the market goes down and we can buy things at a discount. Um, uh, so this is a very, very good do. Do buy low automatically. And again, that's why you want to work with a professional and not be an average investor um, and and buy high and sell low. You obviously don't wanna do that. Um, And the last one is do trim your taxes. Um, And obviously that's one thing that we put very high on the map uh, when we work with our clients and that is uh, we wanna make sure that our clients are not overly patriotic and pay too much in taxes. We wanna lower those taxes. Two good strategies right now that we've talked a lot about and I think we've talked about on previous um, retirement clinics are tax loss harvesting and Roth IRA conversions, and, and that's what they point out in the article, and, and that's a great time to do tax loss harvesting right now, meaning maybe you have some positions in your portfolio that um, – you know, aren't great investments or great funds that you want to get out of and you have some losses in there. Now might be a good time to sell those to offset gains or income in the future. And then um, now it could not be a better time to do a Roth conversion with the market coming down and your IRA accounts coming down. um, You can actually convert that money over um, into a Roth and ride the market all the way back up. And then not have to worry about taxes on that money and those gains. Um, so mm. it's, it's a great time to do a Roth conversion. we've, you know, and, and Jeff could um, attest to this. We've been doing a lot of those um, over the last several months uh, for clients, especially because you don't have to take your required minimum distributions this year. They've been waived for 2020. And so in lieu of that, a lot of people are doing conversions.
0: That is good stuff. That completes the list, Joe, of do's and don'ts in a bear market. Joe still joins us. Jeff Kowal is here. And now it is time for the sexy segment. And Jeff, by way of background, it's about wealth management and preservation.
1: That's right. This show is for everybody. This particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. And you know, if you look at your situation, if you have a $500,000 in your retirement plan, if you have $500,000 in other investments, you're at a $1 million. If your home is $500,000, if you have a $1 million life insurance policy, you're approaching 2 or $3 million if you get an inheritance. Uh, um, if you own a business, you may be at $5 $10 $20 million or more. This segment is for you. How do you preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and then pass it on to your heirs. This particular segment today, it concentrates on passing it on to your heirs. Uh, The SECURE Act requires action if your trust is your IRA beneficiaries. A lot of times, uh, for various reasons, people will set up a trust as a beneficiary, name a trust as the IRA beneficiary. uh, Just because there may be kids with special needs, they may want to protect beneficiaries, they may want it to take advantage of, uh, the, uh, stretch IRA and let's th- these acronyms get to be a lot of fun. The secure act was the one that was came out at the end of last year, setting every, uh, community up for retirement enhancement, secure versus the cares act, which was a coronavirus AIDS relief and economic security. This'll drive you nuts. Anyway. The, the SECURE Act, the one at the end of last year, said um, you may be one that set up the trust. Enter the SECURE Act. Most beneficiaries will no longer get the stretch. Instead, most beneficiaries, including trust, will be subject to a 10-year payout rule. That means that all the funds, all the funds you inherited in the IRA must be paid out either to the trust or the trust beneficiaries within 10 years. So keeping the inherited IRA intact, then using a stretch to pay annual required minimum distributions to a trust is now a relic of the past because that stretch over life expectancy is gone. So what do you do? So every IRA owner who named a trust as their IRA beneficiary should rethink that decision and just you know reevaluate if the trust is still the way to go. The answer could be yes for some, but for many others it will probably be no. If a trust is your IRA beneficiary, you should contact First of all, look to us, because we can take a look to see if that applies to your situation. And you most likely will confer or defer to an attorney who drafted it and decide whether the trust still is the right beneficiary for you. It may need to be revised, maybe scrapped altogether. This is something you should take care of sooner rather than later. You know, you do the planning with the best intention in mind, but when you have these tax law changes, sometimes the best planning Uh, falls apart. So that's why it needs to be reviewed. And Paul, you and I have talked about this. It's never set it and forget it. The Secure Act could mean that a lot of your hard-earned savings savings, could end up in the hands of Uncle Sam instead of your heirs, and that's just not an outcome that you want. I don't want that. No. Uh, No. And so setting it and forgetting it. If you think that you've done a trust, you can wipe your hands from it, you've done it, and now you're all set, eh, think again. The uh, Secure Act uh, kind of uh, turned that upside down.
0: Yeah, uh, Jeff, that's that's all good stuff. Um, th- that that term "set it and forget it" was kind of at the uh, maybe the '80s when the 401k plan started replacing pension plans, and people thought, "Well, just sock it away. I, you know, put my head in the sand, and in 30 years, I'll look at it and I'll I'll retire." It's well, that
1: was actually a commercial, Paul. You <laughs> set it and forget it. Your chicken rotisserie chicken. You put it. <laughs> You, remember, you said it and forget it. Ron Peel.
0: Really? Forget it. Yes. Just put the rotisserie chicken in and just forget about it, right? Oh.
1: But it applies to retirement planning as well. You don't yeah. just set it and forget it. Yeah, um, don't let your
0: retirement you know, plan turn into it. a chicken. That's what you're saying,
1: Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> or a well-done one, yes. Man, there's Man,
2: there's a billboard ad in that.
1: I think.
2: I think about
0: that. Yeah, that, there, there's marketing potential with that line for sure. Um, hey, officially play the music, Spencer. That wraps up today's sexy segment. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Crank that music a little bit louder. The stripper theme. There we
1: who go. Who does that
0: again, Jeff? Who's the, uh Who does this David song? David Rose.
1: David Rose, I believe it was yes.
0: that they did the uh, that is. stripper thing back in the '60s or '70s. And- um. There's a question. I. I in yeah. fact, let's do this. Before the break, Spencer, I want to get to a question that Spencer took a phone call. You know, we're taking texts; we transcribe the callers because we can only put two callers on at once. So, Joe Still and Jeff Kowal. Here's the question, and uh, and we can take more. We've got ten minutes left in the program, Spencer. I see the lines ringing. So let's let's answer these questions. And Jeff, it's pretty simple. Here's a question: I've got U. i have got I got U.S. savings bonds, uh, thirty years old, approximately. Should I be selling them? What are the tax implications in general? What are Jeff's thoughts on bonds?
1: Yeah, you got to, well, U.S. savings bonds were, were great things at the time. A lot of times employers did it um, you know, out of uh, patriotism. You bought U.S. savings bonds. You could automatically deduct them. They hit a time where they, they mature, and then once they mature after a certain number of years, and each series is different, once they mature, then you get the passbook rate. Well, the passbook rate now might be a half a percent. The worst thing about those is that at a certain period of time, they expire, which means they cut off interest rates completely. So if you've got bonds that are that old, you've got to take a look at them. Some might still be getting a decent rate of interest. Some may have expired where you're getting 0% interest on so you have to take a look at those.
0: Okay, good answer, Um, and thank you for the question. Uh, We'll be back. It's our last commercial break. There's more of the Retirement Clinic coming up on News Talk 1130 WISN and WIBA in Madison. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back. More Rolling Stones. I like it. Joe Still's choice. Joe Still with the Kowal Investment Group joins your host, Jeff Cowal. Just enough time here with a few minutes at the end of the hour, Jeff, on the Retirement Clinic. Again, com. you mentioned at the top of the hour, you've got three offers to talk about. Sure. And now is the time.
1: Yeah. Well, we've heard from a lot of people who listen to the show. They appreciate it. We get nice emails from people about it. But a lot of times they'll say, well, what is the next step? So we thought we would come up with a couple offers. So we came up with three offers just at the end of the show. So here, here we go. First is that. Uh, if you go online at coalway.com and you alluded to it before, then you request it, we'll get you six tips to rebuild your retirement. The second offer is, um, uh, again, if uh, you contact uh, Heather in our office or go online at the coalway.com, or call our phone number at 262-522-4040, you request it, we'll send you six, uh, we'll send you a re- report, 10 major changes that uh, the CARES, as a result of the CARES Act, to report 10 major changes there as a result of the CARES Act. Uh, so that's the second offer. And the third one is that Heather has set aside 10 priority spots for appointments in the next two weeks. So you say, what's the next step? What should we be doing? What can we do? There's great information from Joan Investments, great information about the insurance, great information about retirement, well, Heather set aside 10 priority spots in the next two weeks for complimentary consultation with me, with Joe, or one of our other great advisors. So go to thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L, com to get the six tips to rebuild your retirement, the, the 10 major changes at, from the CARES Act, and then to schedule your complimentary consultation, 10 priority spots over the next two weeks, thekowalway.com or 262 uh, 522 Joe, did you have anything else?
2: Yeah, I would just say, um, you know, don't be part of that average investor group who's buying high and selling um, low. And um, give our office a call because we can help you be part of that group that is, um, that is buying low and selling high. And um, we'd love to work with you. Uh, We love doing this stuff uh, and being the retirement specialist and uh, and working in this uh, industry. So um, we'd love to hear from you and help you be part of that uh, uh, above-average investor group.
0: A lot of good information today. Joe's still at his list of do's and don'ts in a bear market. And we're uh, technically, Jeff, I guess, in a recession, in a bear market. So these are times that you don't want to just set it and forget it like that rotisserie chicken that you talked about.
1: (laughs) I love it, Paul. Also, if you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets, if you're close to or already in retirement. um, And in the last couple of weeks, things have popped up as the clients have and especially new people have come in, they have assets scattered all over the place. Now they're getting to the point where they're close to retirement, and they want to think about consolidating those assets. That's the number one reason why we're getting calls. Second is do-it-yourselfers who have got whipsawed in the market are tired of doing them to, with themselves. Joe mentioned it earlier. They picked the wrong time to get out. They're picking the wrong time to get back in. They're right. not sure exactly what to do. They thought that doing it yourself was easy while the market's going up. And they got slammed a little bit. So if you're a do-it-yourself or tired of doing it yourself, uh, if you have assets scattered all over the place, or if you're a spouse and if, 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 if your spouse does not is not that engaged in the retirement planning or the investment planning, and you want someone that you could trust, give our office a call, 262-522-4040 or thecoalway.com. That's
0: good stuff. I like that term, whipsawed. I mean, with the volatility, up, down, up, down, that's basically a good term, whipsawed. Joe, still good stuff today. Good luck on the links. Have a great thanks, round of golf. Enjoy your weekend, Joe. Thanks, Paul. You too. And Jeff, we're back next weekend with the Retirement Clinic. Jeff, have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. That's Jeff Kowal, Joe Still from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Again, the website, thekowalway.com. Thanks for tuning in at WISN and WIBA.